info. And, uh, you know, one of the things, Bobby, that we are uh, been pretty specific about beginning of the year is wearing the pastoral uniform on Sundays. <laughs> I'll promise y'all this was not planned. All right. I, here's what I can promise you. Had we planned it, one of us wouldn't have worn it. I, the, Even Zach had his on. I know. I know. Next week, we're going to have our names on it. That's right. Yeah. A little embroidered. I know. We should have denim Sunday one week. No. Huh? Could you at least pray about it? No. No. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It was a little weird when I walked in and saw you, though. It looked like a mirror. There's just no need in starting a whole sermon by lying like that. <laughs> Lord be with my friend Bobby, the liar. Amen. Amen. Speaking of prayer, I feel like I need to pray now. Yeah, definitely. But we, uh, if you're new around here, we've been in this uh, teaching over the last uh, several weeks just called, a, we believe this is a year to live beyond. And that's different for all of us. But one of the things for our church is we really wanted to take the 21 days that we have during this month to be able to say, we want to disconnect Yep. from the world a little bit more and reconnect with God a little bit more. Right. And so the two ways that we've been doing that is through prayer and fasting. Right. You know, Jesus said, and we, Pastor Bobby and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Jesus said to his disciples when they couldn't accomplish a certain task, you know, the problem is that you're not praying and fasting. Yeah. And you know, when, when Jesus says, you can do these things, but there's something missing in your life, but Jesus says what's missing in your life is prayer and fasting. I think we all ought to let our ears perk up a little bit and figure out, what's going on, right? But the challenge is that statistics would show that most of us don't pray. And, and there are a lot of reasons for that, but I think one of them is the fact that many of us simply don't feel this connection with God in such a way that, okay, I want to speak with the creator and sustainer of the world. Some of us feel like, okay, I'm not worthy. Some of us feel like he doesn't care what I think. Yeah. Some of us feel like, you know, I don't know how to do it. But a lot of us just never saw prayer modeled. Mm-hmm. And w- what I've discovered is uh, oftentimes what I need in my life is people around me that encourage me to pray. Mm-hmm. Like one of the most exciting things that happens in, in my marriage is when Jenny will reach over and grab my hand and say, let's pray about it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's, there's something amazing about that because I really do believe, Bobby, that you can't harbor bitterness, resentment, anger, and anxiety when you are consistently before a holy and a righteous God. Yeah. And so when you are that way with your spouse, that means you're not going to harbor bitterness, anger, anxiety, and resentment with your spouse or with your children or with your family or with your business partner. Any way you look at it, this thing about prayer, Jesus makes a big deal about it Mm -hmm. because Jesus modeled for us that he prayed. Mm -hmm. It wasn't enough to say, hey, Bobby, you pray. He modeled this is how to pray. Yeah. I love that. And I, you know, we said it before, I don't know anybody that would say I'm killing it when it comes to prayer. Yeah. I've never met somebody that said, I've got it all figured out. I feel like all my prayers are effective. I meet more people than not that would say, I just struggle with prayer. Yeah. I just don't know where to start. I just don't know how to do it. I agree. So what we want to do today is just to be so simple and practical Uh, Our hope today is that if you have been praying for a long, long time, that maybe today will encourage you to broaden that and to expand that a little bit. But for many of you that are trying to figure out where do I even start? 
What does that even look like? Right. Our prayer today is that this would be a practical thing. And then I do want to invite you on Wednesday nights. So this will be our third one and our last one for the month. Uh, we've been doing a midweek prayer time at 6.30 over in the chapel. And we've got some pictures. If you all have those, feel free to just show them. But it's a practical place to come to hear a little bit of worship, get a little bit of teaching around prayer. And then we just hands-on do sort of a laboratory practice prayer. And so if you need prayer or if you want to grow in prayer, I want to encourage you to join us Wednesday night at 630. Yeah, it's, it is a special time. We've had 75 or 80 folks there and it really is such a meaningful time in a midweek service, kind of reground your life, get yeah. reset for the rest of the week. Yeah. And I think for some of us, it is an opportunity to model and see prayer modeled in our life. So I, the first thing I would say to you is don't allow, don't allow some insecurity in your life to say, well, you know, that's for like those really spiritual people. I think if you were to come and hang out with people on Wednesday night, you realize they're as whacked out as you are. You know, I mean, I am too. Just it, prayer is, sometimes I think we make it so overcomplicated that we actually over-spiritualize it. Not that you can over-spiritualize a holy and a righteous God, but you can over-spiritualize and overthink how we communicate with him. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and as a result, we think, well, maybe, maybe God doesn't need to hear from me or want to hear from me or God doesn't care what's going on in my life. Or the one I hear a lot of, Bobby, is, well, if God already knows everything, why do I need to pray to it? Yeah. You know, and, and my answer to that is, yes, he does know, but God still longs to be in a relationship with you where you come to him mm -hmm. and convey to him the desire and needs of your heart. It's no different than, so as a grandpa now, my adult children, I love the fact that there are times they still need me. Mm -hmm. Dad, what do I do? I, I love, there's this sense of, I can't wait to share yeah. with you. You know, my grandchildren the same way. And I, I would say to you, your heavenly dad cannot wait for you to come and chat with him. Mm -hmm. and, and don't overcomplicate it. And don't think that you have to be super spiritual to talk to him. Remember, he knows how you talk in the drive-thru. Right? No, not a number one without pickles, a number two with extra pickles, right? So when we talk to God, what we do is we simply have a conversation, right? And so when we have that conversation, it's helped for us. It's helpful for us to have a bit, bit of a strategy. Yeah to understand how to do it. So why don't you kick us off in this strategy sure. with like, where do we start? All right, so if you're ready, let's dive in. And uh, if you're a note taker, I hope you'll just sort of take some of these principles. The first one is simply this, we need to prioritize prayer in mm -hmm. our lives. We need to prioritize prayer in our lives. When you look in the New Testament, what you see is the early church prayer wasn't an add-on. Right. Prayer wasn't this thing. Well, we're just gonna do it when there's a transition. Here's what it says in Acts 1, Verse 13, it says, when they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying, and then it names the disciples, and then it says in verse 14, they all met together and were constantly, look at this phrase, constantly mm. united in prayer. Wow. Acts 2.42 says this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, and to prayer. Yeah. And so one place to start, if you're new to this or you've been around it a long, long time, is to simply prioritize prayer. So often, people that are believers know, I ought to pray. Yeah. We know, maybe I should pray. But oftentimes, it's the last thing we do. It's almost like we treat prayer as a last resort 
instead of the first priority. Yeah, how many times do you hear somebody say, well, there's nothing left to do but pray, mm -hmm. when in essence, there's everything to do because there's still prayer. Yeah, instead of fretting, instead of gossiping, right. instead of stressing, instead of worrying, what if we started with prayer first? Right. To say, hey, before I get out of bed today, thank you, Lord, uh, that I'm alive today. But you know, that requires a mindset. Like you mm -hmm. said, it's, it's this thought that I will prioritize prayer. Many of, you are, are, many of you are planners and thinkers and list makers, right? Mm -hmm. So why not put prayer at the top of your to-do list? You say, well, Chuck, it kind of makes it feel unspiritual. There's nothing unspiritual about a list that reminds you to prayer. There's something highly spiritual about that. Yeah. So if what you need to do is have a reminder, then set a reminder in your phone. Yeah. Like hundreds of you are participating in our text chats that are happening twice a day just to remind you. I love it. 8 p.m. It's a reminder, pray. Yep. You know, 8 a.m. It's a reminder, pray. Yep. And so I would just say for all of us, it is a mindset that says, do I believe in this? Now, I would just stop and say for, for many of us, the reason why prayer hasn't been an, an absolutely essential part of your life is because of three words that we found in verse 14 going back into Acts chapter 1, where it said, constantly united. Why? Prayer. If there's anything our families and our marriages need is to be more constantly united. How do we do that? Through prayer. How do we constantly unite? Through constantly praying. How do we ensure that happens? We make it a big deal in our day. Now, some of you are sitting here already and you're saying, Chuck, I don't have time for prayer. So that means you don't have time to watch Yellowstone or any other Netflix special, or you don't have time to listen to sports talk radio, or you don't have time to watch the NFL playoffs this afternoon, or are you with me? You know, I noticed on that one, I got zero amens. But we all know this is the truth, right? Because we prioritize what we decide is a significant part of our world. And by the way, when we are in love with something or someone, we spend time with that something or someone. And our time with God is, is possibly the most powerful opportunity you have to ward off the frustrations and anxieties of this life. I read this this week and I wanted to share it with you. It's from a psychiatrist by the name of Gerald May, Bobby. He said, more than anything else in life, I want to know God. After 20 years of listening to the yearnings of people's hearts, I am convinced that human beings have an inborn desire for God. Whether we are consciously religious or not, this desire is our deepest longing and most precious treasure. Surely, if we are made in God's own image, God will find a way to fulfill that deepest longing, and prayer is that way. Now, this is a psychiatrist. This, I mean, this is not Pastor Bobby and Chuck here. This is a psychiatrist with 20 years of experience working with people in therapy saying, I know there's a common thread in every human being to know God. And the way in which God has done that is that you commit to constantly speaking with him. Now, this, this is a critical issue in our life because if we want to experience the power and the presence and the provision of God, we will make it a priority in our life. But you make that choice. God's not going to reach down and thump you on the head and beat you up because you're not praying. He's going to have a broken heart and long for you to come to him. And when you do, he will open his arms wide and grab you and hold you because he wants you to make this a priority. Why? Because he is to be your greatest priority. Yeah. It's that simple. 
So when you look at that and you say, well, how, what are some practical ways I could do to prioritize my time with God? And I would say, you and I talk about this all the time, you've got to discover and find a place to pray. Yeah, place is a big deal. There's something about you know, sitting in the same chair, sitting at the same table, doing the same thing. We're all creatures of habits. In fact, looking around the room, most of you are sitting in the same rows yeah. that you sit in yeah. every single week, right? <clears throat> well, what if, <laughs> yes, what if we took that same wow. mentality and said, every time I pray. There are some heat hoard- seat hoarders over I know. You know what I love about seats at church, though? What's that? I love it when you're the person that has to sit on the outside. Yeah. And then it's like in the middle of this deep, powerful spiritual moment, there's somebody that comes in late and you're on the outside is like, Mm-mm, I am not scooting in. No, I am going to break the fellowship of this moment and step out into the aisle and make them sit on the inside and then come out. Like not that I'm here that. to point out anybody, but if I happen to have maybe caught your attention, just grab hold of that one. Weren't you sitting on an end chair a second ago? I was. Okay. I was just... Just get back to the notes. Oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> so number one, prioritize prayer. Instead of it being the last resort, maybe it ought to be our first response before right. meetings, budget, all the things. Two, find a place to pray. There's something really practical about having your space, whether it's your chair. Hey, when I sit in this chair, this is where I pray every day. Or whether it's a room or whether it's your car ride to work. There's something about saying, hey, this is my spot. Jesus modeled this. It says in Mark 135, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and he went out to an isolated place to pray. He often did this. He often went to the garden to pray. I don't know if it's just because of the solitude. I don't know if he liked the outdoors, if he liked the view of the city, but he had a rhythm as to where he went to pray. What if you and I said, hey, there's a spot. In fact, uh, I've seen you post on Instagram, especially the last couple of weeks, pictures of your Bible. And it's basically the same time of day. It It looks like you're in the same place. There's something about having a space. Yeah, I know you have a chair. Like in, your, in like your living room where you, you know, park for your prayer yeah. time. I might do too. Jenny and I both have a chair in the front of our house. It's kind of a little sitting area and it's got my chair. You know, like first thing I do, I get up and take the dog out, I bring the dog back. He sits down after I get a cup of coffee and I begin, I begin my time of prayer, meditation and reading God's word. I'm in the same chair. One of the things that helps is I read a, a couple of years ago, a book by the name of, by the name of Atomic Habits written by a guy by the name of uh, James Clear. And uh, when I read this book, one of the things that fascinated me about it is how simple habits can be if you break them down into very simple terms. Like if you want to be the kind of person that gets up and go to the gym every day, then put your gym clothes out where you have to walk by them after you've come from brushing your teeth or whatever you have to do. Take those little steps. Like he, he tells the story of a guy who wanted to start go to the gym every day. So literally he just started laying out his clothes and he would go to the gym. He didn't work out, but he went to the gym. You know, he did that for like every day for a week. And then the next week he actually started walking. And then when it was over the course of time, he lost almost 200 pounds working, working out because he built habits, right? Yeah. Well, spiritually, it's the same thing. We need to build some Jesus streaks into our life. And so one of the things I do beside my chair, I have my Bible, I have a pen, a highlighter, note cards, reading glasses, everything that I need right there so that I can make my habit more simple. And when my body sits there, I know it's time for me to pray. You said a, a word in there, and I'm not sure everybody knows, streaks. What's so important about streaks? What are those, and why is that important? Yeah, so uh, I believe that 
consistency in the Christian life might be the most missing element in experiencing the power of God. We are just like the people of Israel. When things are good, we forget God. And when things go bad, we rush to God. Now, the good news is every time you rush back to God, he is there waiting on you. He's not going to thunk you on the head. I mean, he, he's ready to welcome you. The problem is what would happen if we consistently decided my time with God would keep me from being able to have to have these ups and downs in my life so consistently, and I could actually allow the power of God to do this. So, Bobby, there was a study from UCLA and UCAL Berkeley, not exactly bastions of conservatism. And they, they did this study with thousands of people, and they broke these people into two halves. They all had significant anxieties in their life, not unlike us, right? Half of these people, they gave them what a world would give them, like a good therapist would say breathing exercises, meditation, um, walk outside, read more, you know, watch less news, all, all the things, right? But then the other half, they did the same things, but then they added three spiritual dynamics to it, which were meditation, prayerful meditation, worship, and praying. Now, here's the results of this almost year-long study. The group that had simply what the world offers had a minimal reduction in anxiety, but the group that had the prayer, meditation, and worship had a significant reduction in anxiety. But watch this. Through MRIs, they proved that their brains, the second group, they proved that in their brain, through MRIs and brain scans, that their amygdala actually shrank and their prefrontal cortex actually grew. And you say, I have no idea what that means, Chuck. It means this. You flipped your lid less. You made better decisions, built better relationships, did not function in a fear-based mentality, and weren't nearly as reactive as you once were. So watch this. Both science and the scriptures say that getting before your heavenly father on a consistent basis will make you a better human, not just to yourself, but to those around you. Mm. Now watch this. They went on to prove that just like your heart resides in your upper torso and your brain resides in your head, that peace also resides in your body and you can strengthen it. And the singular tool that does that is to be with your heavenly father more. So if you just took away all the preacher talk and took only science today, the one thing you'd have to take away is I need to put prayer into my life now. Because if the world needs anything, it is more people at peace. So I would just argue that you, you need to have a, a, a plan. Yeah. There's something so true about this. So when you prioritize prayer to say, hey, it's not a, an afterthought, I'm going to pray. Two, to say, I've got a place. Hey, when I'm here, I've got everything I need. The third piece is to actually have a plan. Right. I think one of the reasons why people feel overwhelmed by prayer is they don't really know how to do it. Yeah. What, what do I do with that? And so I would encourage you to think about what is your plan. Uh, for some people, they've got a speaker next to their chair where they've got some worship music that helps them dial in. 
Some people have devotional books that they read to sort of prime the pump. Some people have their scripture and they've got the bookmark there where they can pick up where they left off the day before. What's interesting in scripture is one of the tools that rabbis would use when they would teach their disciples, their, their students, is they would teach them outlines of how to do something. So here's what's interesting. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus, it says, went to a certain place praying. And when he finished praying, one of his disciples asked this question, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And then after that, Jesus taught them what most of us would call the Lord's prayer. Well, what's interesting is Jesus wasn't just telling them, hey, pray these exact words. Right. What Jesus was doing is he was giving them an outline or you might say a plan on how to pray. Yeah. Start by acknowledging who God is, that he's our heavenly father, yeah. right? Talk about the fact that he's different than us, that he's separate from us. Talk about the fact that he's got a kingdom, he has a will. And so before I start unloading my laundry list of things I'm asking for, what if I acknowledge God, you know better than I know. And God, you've got a plan that's far better than mine. And then in verse three to say, God, you know the needs that I have today. God, I've got this meeting. God, I've got these financial things. God, I've got this health scare. To say, give us this day the things that we need. Verse four, forgive us of our sins and we forgive those. And so it's basically an outline where we can take a line, personalize it, offer it back to God. That's what we did week one of our Wednesday midweek. Last week, we took Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd Psalm. And we used that as an outline of pray. But here's what I'd encourage you, have a plan to pray. Yeah. You know, whether it's a devotional, whether it's just taking scripture like we've talked about, whether it's having praise music, you don't have to start from scratch every single time. Yeah, and, and the thing I want to encourage you with is this. Don't, don't think of the Lord's Prayer as a rote prayer that it's all about memorizing. Like some of us are still praying for our meals, you know, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food, right? I mean, some of us are still praying at the end of the day, now I lay me down to sleep. Okay, nothing wrong with them, right? If that's your heart's desire. But if it's a rote prayer that you're just memorizing and stating, you've missed the entire issue of prayer because the issue of prayer is your heart. Mm -hmm. Just like all things that Jesus teaches, it's a matter of your heart. It's not an outward statement. It's what the outward statement is revealing of your heart. Mm -hmm. So rather than just a rote prayer, like when you pray for your meal, rather than the same thing you've said since you were 12, then stop and just say, God, I want to thank you. I have this because of you. And just talk with the Lord. But I want to encourage you this week to do what Bobby's saying and build this plan. I, I've been doing this for I don't know how long now, and it's just a, it's a cool model that works for me. I don't know that it works for anybody, but it's, I start off and I write down three things I'm grateful for. I leave from that, and I literally handwrite a prayer. I turn from that, and whatever Bible verse I've been working through, I handwrite my way through that. I write down about four or five adjectives that would describe the person I think God wants me to be today. And I set that card back in there. Someday when I'm dead and gone, I'll have grandkids that'll look through them and say, look at what Pop wanted to be. But I also think to myself, it's a guide I use to know how and what to pray for, right? Many times your names wind up on those cards praying for you, mm. as I know about that. And I would just encourage you, build this plan to do so. But th then I want to encourage you, and this is something, Bobby, I've heard you teach about, and you've done it really well, talking about praying powerful prayers. Like one of the things that I've heard you say is, you know, 
specific prayers yield specific results, yeah. right? But I, I think it's time for Christians to stop praying sissy prayers. Mm. It's time for us to pray powerful prayers. I mean, think about this. You are literally connecting your life to the power of the one who breathed this world into existence. You are talking to the one who can speak a lightning bolt into place. You're talking about a God who holds the universe, all of it, not just this earth, in the palm of his hand and controls life and abundance and eternity. Why would we go before that power and limit what our ask is? You have the opportunity to pray with power. Listen to Acts 4.23. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer. Oh God, oh sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. And then later in verse 29, and now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, listen to this, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. Oftentimes, I grew up in a church where we were taught to preach and teach mamby-pamby prayers where we were just sweet. Now, there's a difference in being sweet and being reverent. I believe you are delivering reverence when you come before the Holy One with boldness, with the belief that he can do anything. But why in heaven's name, why would we come before a God who's capable of all things, who even said you're capable of all things through him and ask for sissy prayers? I believe we ought to pray for power, with power, trusting in his power because he can and will. Great is his faithfulness to you. Okay, clearly y'all didn't hear me. Great is his faithfulness to you. Amen. Oh, my stars. I... I want you to know, church, that God is willing, capable, and able to deliver more than you could ever possibly hope or dream of. And what might happen if this week you actually chose to do that? What if God chose to use you to do something extraordinary this week? Not because you wanted to do something great, but because you did something as small as prayer greatly. This is the goodness of God, that he might choose you to go change the world through the power of himself. Stop praying sissy prayers. Pray powerful prayers. I pray that this week you would have a desire to pray, that one of your most powerful prayers would be, God, give me a heart to pray. Make us burden to pray. The idea behind powerful prayers is this reminder that God answers them. Yes. And so when we pray, do we expect that? 
I mean, we, so we, we just woke up little Austin Purdue, so yeah. I heard a little cry over I did here. Too, yeah. He was like, tell that dude, stop screaming. So he's about six weeks old, yeah. but he's the answer to five years of prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Five years of prayer. Yeah. yeah. So when we pray, expect God to do what only he can do. That's what it means, pray, Amen. expecting God to show up. And the last one is super proud. Hope this is helpful. Is this helpful for you this morning? Yeah, okay, good, good, good. Um, and I invite Pastor Zach and the team to come out, but this last one is number five, relate to the persons of God of prayer. Mm. In other words, we talk about the Trinity a lot, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but listen to this verse, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14 says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Mm. And I love that picture. So sometimes when we're praying, it's so appropriate to pray through the amazing grace of Jesus. The Amen. only reason why we can talk to God is because Jesus made it possible for our sins to be forgiven, for us yeah. to have a relationship with yeah. them. There's something powerful about as we praying, sitting in the extravagant love of the Father that he yeah. loved you so much that he gave his oh. only son and to pray in the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That at the moment of salvation, the Spirit of God steps out of heaven, steps into our heart, takes up residence inside of us, yep. and enables us to live the kind of life that God called us to. How great is this when we recognize that when we pray, we get the entire Trinity. Like you may pray in the name of Jesus, and when you do what you're saying is, Jesus, I trust you with all of this to do what you know is best. I and mean, that's literally what you're saying. When you say, in Jesus' name, you're saying, Jesus, I'm just trusting you with this, right? But now, when, when you're praying, you're speaking to God the Father, creator and sustainer. When you're praying, you're speaking to Jesus, the Christ, the Savior of the world. Yeah. And you're speaking to God the Holy Spirit, your keeper, your teacher, your counselor. Yeah. Maybe the prayer for you to start today is Holy Spirit, would you remind me to pray? Would you give me a heart to pray? Would you break my heart to be a person of prayer? You see, when, when all of God comes together, we can determine that it's a priority. We, we will create a place. We, we will have a plan and we will see the power happen through the persons of whom we're praying to. Because God cannot wait to hear from you, my friend. He cannot wait. So let's take a minute and pray. Just do this. Whatever's in your hands, kind of set it down and get comfortable. Do what we say often and just take in a deep breath through your nose and hold it a second. Back out through your mouth. this breath in, just say to yourself, great is his faithfulness. On the way out, oh God, my Father. Great is his faithfulness. Oh God, my Father. Tell the Lord something you're grateful for right now. to you right now. Lord, you're my rock. You're my redeemer. 
my king, my strong tower. You are my everything. Thank the Lord for your presence right now in his throne room. Let the Lord bring somebody to your mind that you need to lift up to him right now. So stop right now and ask the Lord to refocus your mind and your heart on Him. Now bring the one thing before the Lord that only He can do for you this week. Bring that before Him. Pray, pray big. Pray powerfully. Lord, you alone are God. trust all things. Great is your faithfulness in my life. Great is your faithfulness in my life. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Ask the Lord to remind you to pray tomorrow. Father God, I, after all these years of being a follower, am still amazed that you let us walk right into your room, walk right up to you and jump up in your lap and let you wrap us up and talk to you that we don't need a pastor, a poet, a prophet, or a priest, but we get to come directly to you. So God, hear our prayer and do what you always do. Answer in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus, our King, our Savior, our Lord. This week, be our strong tower. Hear the prayers of men and women and children and students and do something extraordinary in our life this week that we couldn't help but recognize that you, oh God, are who delivered us. Speak into our soul right now with the comfort of only you, God, our Father, Jesus, our Savior, and Holy Spirit, our Keeper. And we pray this in the name of the one that made it possible, Jesus, the risen Savior. Amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, church. Let's worship him before we go.